Hey everybody, this is Brent Kellogg, the pastor of Hillspring Church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. And this is our podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us today. Our prayer is that this would inspire you, build your faith, and help you take the next step in Christ. Enjoy the message. <laughs> we are in the middle of a series called Checkpoint. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. I want to talk about video games and checkpoints and auto-saving. It creates a, a range of emotions, right? There's some of you in here, I am speaking your love language. You're like, preacher, you get me. Finally, you've made the gospel plain to me. You're talking about video games, right? And so I'm talking about technology and games. And you're, you're all in. You're probably that person when a new game comes out, you pre-order it and you have it the first day. And like you have it beat the first weekend that you have it. That, that's awesome. Then there are some of you in here that like, I just wish you'd grow up. <laughs> you know, don't worry. My mom and my wife have the same feelings about me as well. You know, no, there is not an older senior pastor. This is me, right? So some of you fully understand when I talk about levels and respawning and autosave. And then there's some of you, I just came to church to hear about Jesus. Do we have to hear about games? So I'm just saying there's this, there's this huge range of emotions when I talk about Checkpoint. So a couple of months ago, this was like back in September, it's been several months, I was sitting in, the, in Landon's room watching him play a video game, and I have no idea what game he was playing, it was some version of 17, whatever, you know, he's blowing things up, and shooting things, pew, 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 and you know, it's, and I don't know, like if your kids, or maybe your grandkids or something, if you've ever watched them play the modern video games, this is not Atari, you know what I'm saying, it literally looks like you're watching a movie, and so he's watching this, and all of a sudden, the screen goes black. I'm like, <gasps> you know, and then this typewriting, and it says, checkpoint. I'm like, what's that? You know, this is awesome. It means that he had meets, he'd reached this benchmark. He had progressed so far in a level that if something went wrong, he just came back to here. He didn't have to go all the way back to the beginning of the level. He didn't have to go all the way back to the beginning of the game. He just went back to this checkpoint and go, ooh, that's a cool sermon series idea right there. <laughs> checkpoint. Meaning this game would recognize his progress. I got good news and bad news. The good news is, well, the bad news is sometimes things go wrong. You know, sometimes you hit a wrong button. Sometimes you jump on the wrong thing. Sometimes you make a mistake. The good news is life is full of checkpoints. Life is full of progress. I don't have to go all the way back to the beginning of the game when I make a mistake. I can fail forward. I might have to take a couple of steps back, regroup, reposition myself, refresh myself, but I don't have to go all the way back to the beginning. I just go back to... A checkpoint. So I, today, I want to help you reach checkpoint number one. Getting past my past. I, I don't know if this is you or not. But I do this. For some crazy reason, my mind will remember something that I did years ago when I was like in fifth grade or something I said or something embarrassing that I did or something I did... Last week, right? The decision I made. Whew. And like you remember this and like you just kind of close your eyes and you kind of wince. And you know, what was I thinking? Oh, like if I have a blanket, I just want to kind of hide behind the blanket. Like, what was I doing? Why did my parents let me wear that? You know, and you're just like wincing with pain. Like, I just want to disappear. No, just me. Okay, cool. 
There are things that are in our past that looking back now, they, that's not our best look. You know? And there's other things in our past that maybe it's not, it's not wincing, but instead we weep because of the pain. Those dark places in our past Years, maybe even decades later, we think if anyone knew this about me, if the people in my circle today knew this, if they knew that I was that person, if I did that thing, they would be ashamed of me. They wouldn't want anything to do with me because I'm still ashamed of what I did. And so today I want to help you reach checkpoint one, getting past your past. I went through this many, many, many moons ago. And for me, the verse I want to unpack today was it for me. I, I prayed through it. I memorized it. I meditated on it. I, I remember my, my parents knew I was just kind of wrestling with some things in the past. And, and there was a preacher. I don't remember who his name was, but he had big preacher hair. And my mom recorded this message for him. And I remember for like a two-week period, I went home every day. And I let the Word of God build my faith, hearing cometh by faith. And I would just watch that message, and I would hang on to Philippians chapter 3. If you've got your Bible or want to turn it on, that's where we're going to go today. Because this might be a verse you want to highlight. This might be a verse that you want to hang on to. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 says, Not that I have already obtained all of this. Paul is writing this. And I want you to understand what he's saying is, what I'm about to say, I can easily come across as condescending. I can easily come across as, you need to be more spiritual like me. And Paul says, listen, let me be clear. If you hear that in my voice, and let me be clear, if you hear that coming from me today, I have not obtained all this. I am not perfect. I still struggle with my past. I still wrestle with some things. I still wince. I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? Listen, do not think that I have attained all of this. I am not perfect. Or that I've already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold for which Jesus Christ took a hold of me. Paul wasn't perfect. Matter of fact, I think Paul wrestled with his past. I have a hard time proving it in Scripture, but I think Paul had those wincing moments where he'd like to forget that he was that person. He would like to forget that he did those things. You don't need to turn there, but in the book of Acts, chapter 7, tells the story of the first person who was martyred for their faith, the first person that died because they were a follower of Jesus. And it says, those who stoned him threw their coats at Saul, who would later become our Paul, they threw their coats at Saul's feet. And then it goes on to say that Saul, or Paul, approved of Stephen's murder. We would read in the Bible, read in the letters that Paul would arrest Christians. Paul would persecute Christians. Possibly Paul even killed Christians himself. And I think it haunted him. I think Paul wrestled with his past. I think his past was an issue for him. Now, you don't have to turn there. This is another drive-by verse. But 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. It says this. I was given a thorn in my flesh. And, and Paul never defines what the thorn is. I mean, it could have been he had an issue with lust. It could have been he had an issue with greed. Or he had an issue with list whatever. But he never defines what his thorn was. It kind of remains generic, which I think is beautiful. I think that's the beauty of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that was writing this. Because here's the deal. If his thorn would have been lust, 
the equation he gives us in this following verse, then we would have only applied that if we wrestle with lust. But since he never defines it, you can apply it to lust, you can apply it to greed, you can apply it to selfishness, you can apply it to all, whatever that thorn in your side may be. Paul says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, and we don't know what it is. He said, a messenger from Satan. The devil made me do it, right? To torment me three times. Paul wrestled. Wasn't just a one-time prayer thing. He had to work this out. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in our weaknesses. We don't know what the thorn is. I think it could have been. I'm not saying it is. Don't get in a fight about this. It's not worth fighting over. But I think his thorn could have been his past. And it haunted him. And then there's this verse in Philippians chapter 3 that's written by a man. It sounded like he wrestled and he wrestled and he worked through. And he had to come to terms with getting past his past. And here's how he did it. Philippians 3.13. Brothers and sisters, I ain't perfect. Please don't hear me coming across this condescending. Please don't hear me say, if you were more spiritual like I am, then you wouldn't have issues with your past. Listen, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I have not arrived by any means. I ain't perfect. So please don't hear me say, be more spiritual like Paul saying, listen, I don't consider myself to be there yet. I'm still struggling. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, boy, I'd like to, I'd like to forget those wincing moments. I forget what's behind, and I strain. I work towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Three quick things. I'm going to preach a sermon inside of a sermon. This one's free. Okay? Because i got three other things I want to talk about, but when you just look at these verses, I can't help myself. I'm just how I see the Bible. Three things. Number one, i got to forget what's behind. And I, I know, that's hard. That's hard. We'd love to. We'd love to forget those things we said when we were 11 years old and acting like a chihuahua on crack. You know what I'm saying? I, I try to forget what's behind. But then I press on. I work. I strain. It's not easy. It didn't just automatically happen. You have to strain towards moving forward. And then he said this, for which God has called me. I cannot let my past keep me from the calling that God has for you. Because Scripture tells us you have all been called. It's not just for pastors. It's not just for missionaries. It's not just for blah, blah. We all have a calling of God and a purpose to make a difference in our generation. He knew I was going to mess up when he called me. He knew I was a hot mess. He knew I wasn't perfect, but yet God called me anyway. Listen, God doesn't call the worthy. He works on the called. And as I understand Scripture, as I back up and I look at God's design and His relationship with His children and God's design of this beautiful thing called the church where Christians come together from different backgrounds, different pasts, different experiences, different callings, different things, and it all comes together in this beautiful yet tense at times thing called the body of Christ. As I understand Scripture, and look at that, I want to give you three things today to help you take your next step on getting past your past. Number one, you have to stop adding to the pain because pain makes us do some crazy things. 
Sometimes we will do whatever it takes just to stop the pain. Whatever it takes to do. We'll self-medicate. I just, I just, I just got to make the pain stop. Sometimes we run when we need to pause and stop. Sometimes one bad choice will then lead us down a path of another bad choice and another bad choice and another bad choice. Sometimes we let things from our past go unhealed. We just don't deal with it. We just suppress it. We leave it there. If I don't talk about it, if nobody else knows about it, then eventually it will just go away. And eventually that turns into bitterness on the inside of us and it turns into resentment on the inside of us. And so now here we are years later and we respond in ways because there's something deep in our heart. But really, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to go off like a Tasmanian bottle rocket. Okay, I was just asking what time dinner is. I am so sorry, you know? And more bad choices to mask the pain is always a bad idea. So you have to stop adding to the pain. All that begins with a choice. Something I ask myself, something I say to my kids all the time. How do you want to tell this story? How do you want to tell the story of when you went through a hard time or you faced a difficult choice or this teacher was doing that or that friend was doing this or, or your feelings got hurt about that? In five years, how do you want to tell that story and be proud of how you responded to that? In ten years, when you're an adult or, or later, how do you want to tell the story of how you responded? I look back on some of my stories, I wish I'd have responded differently. I wish I would have been a little bit more humble. I wish I would have responded with some gentleness and had compassion on what they were going through. How do you want to tell the story of the struggle you're going through today? How do you want to tell the story of dealing with your past when facing this choice? I want you to keep the future narrative in mind. Joshua, he had led the children of Israel into the promised land, and he's ready to ride off into the sunset and retire and just go run cows or something. You know what I'm saying? He, he was done. He'd done all the hard fighting, and this is at the end of the book of Joshua. He says this, and I'm going to pull it out of the old King Jimmy, King James Version. He says, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Choose today who you're going to serve. But as for me, for my house, we choose to serve the Lord. So many times, pain and tragedy is the trigger for an unhealthy cycle. One bad choice leads to another bad choice leads to another bad choice. Now I'm running from pain or do whatever, okay? And so what Joshua is saying and compelling all of us, and I think what God's word is saying, you have to stop adding to the pain. Choose today that I'm going to make God choices. I'm going to do the right things. I'm going, to, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to get God's word in me so that when I am faced with some things, I'm going to make God choices. Choose today. This is it. As for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. As for my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to be the one to stop this cycle of one bad choice leads to another bad choice leads to another bad choice leads to another bad church choice. Not bad church. If you're still with me, say amen. Number two, right relationships really do matter. There's three type of teammates that we need on our team. So I want to give credit where credit's due. I was listening to a John Maxwell podcast that was quoting a T.D. Jakes podcast, right? And they, I thought, ooh, this is good. I'm going to share this more. We have three types of teammates in our life. First one is the confidant. We have the confidant in our life, okay? 
And the confidant is the person that is called directly to you. They love you, and they love what you do, and they are called to you. Even if you change what you're doing, they are going to change with you because God has just put a connection between you and them in their life. They are going to stay with you. They want to be a part of what God is doing in you. They are this confidant, can be trusted. Then you have the constituent, okay? The constituent is for the same things that you are for. As long as you are pursuing the same thing that they are pursuing, they will be with you. As long as you stay on point with that mission, and that mission is the same as their mission, they will go with you and they will support you, but you cannot treat them like a confidant. Because if you ever leave the mission, they're going to stay with the mission and not go with you. That's the constituent. I'm for the same things that you are for, and that's the unity that brings us together. And then thirdly is the comrade. Now, the comrade isn't necessarily for you, and they're not for the same mission that you're for. They're not for what you are for, but they are against the same thing that you're against. It's this whole idea, the enemy of my enemy now becomes my friend. They are on the team because you're fighting the same enemy. And we need to inventory the relationships in our life because the comrade is not the same as the confidant. The constituent is not the same as the confidant. It don't always work out. You cannot treat the comrade like you would that confidant that's committed and called to you. One more, it's not in your notes. We need a coach. We need a coach. We need a mentor. We need a mentor that has been through some stuff. They're a step or two ahead of you. Hey, man, I've been there. I made those mistakes. Let me teach you from what the pain I've gone through. We all need someone that's a step or two or three ahead of us that is just helping us navigate. This is how I dealt with all that stuff. So we need coaches and confidants, and then we recognize these other things. But don't you dare treat a comrade like you would confidant. James 5.16 says this, Therefore confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayers of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Listen to me. The biggest bondage that the enemy can keep you in is this lie. If they really know you, they can't love you. They, they, they would be ashamed of you. That's the lie of the enemy. If, if you let somebody into your life, man, they would be so disappointed in who you are. And so all of a sudden now that turns into bitterness, that turns into resentment, and it just kind of causes us to push people away. I can't let anybody in because once they know the real me, they'll be disappointed with me, and then they couldn't love me. And it causes you to lose the authentic person of who God created you to be, the person you really want to be. You lose all that. And as a result, before I even let you in my life, before you even know me, I automatically assume you're disappointed with me. And so we let this unproven lie of the enemy, this just unproven narrative that's going on between our ears, it dictates how we see relationships. It dictates how we see people. Are some people going to get it wrong? Spoiler alert, yes. Some people are going to hurt you. 
Some people are going to meet your expect, not meet your expectations. Yes, some people are going to disappoint you and let you down. But not all people are going to hurt you. There, there are some good people in the world. God has brought some good people in your life. The doctors get it wrong? Yep. Teachers get it wrong? Uh-huh. Pastors get it wrong? Yep. Dentists get it wrong? Sure. Coaches get it wrong? Uh-huh. But we still go to practice. We still go to school. We still go to see the doctor. We still get our teeth cleaned. So if the enemy can get you to buy the lie that no one will accept you for who you are, no one will accept you because of what you've done, then all you do is you just stay in this bondage to your pain. And then you become resentful of relationships or you become resentful of relationships that other people have. That's why James says this. He gives us this little beautiful nugget of the Christian life in James 5, 16. That's why he says one of the biggest keys to you finding healing is the right relationship. Confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Not, that, that can be the common cold, that can be cancer. Can't, I still believe God's a miracle working God, Amen. But he's really talking about a spiritual healing on the inside of you. He's really talking about you getting past your past. And the thing that happened to you a year ago, 10 years ago, or 40 years ago doesn't have to dictate your future. So you need a confidant in your life. You need that right relationship that I can trust and I can actually say it out of my mouth. That's the hardest thing. That's the hardest thing is to say it. Listen, it doesn't mean you're forgiven. That relationship needs to happen to God. James 5.16 does not say, confess your sins one to another that you may be forgiven. That's not how it reads. That's found in John. It says, confess your sins to God and he is faithful and just to forgive you. But if I can, conf- if I can say it out of mouth to somebody, if I can trust somebody, it means I'm actually opening my heart to let somebody in. I'm no longer locked up in this bondage of fear of what somebody will think about me. And that is a key to finding freedom in your spiritual life. I don't have to live in prison to my past anymore. Amen? I don't have to live in bondage to my pain. I can say it out loud. I can trust again. I can let someone in my life Someone might actually love me for who I am and the mess that I made years ago. They'll love me in spite of what, my, what I've done. And something really does happen when you can take that step of faith. Seems like a small step, doesn't it? But it's big, it's huge, it's huge. Let me clarify. Everybody say, I love EK. I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love you enough to say something hard to you right now. This is not venting. Oh, girl team, we have all got to have somebody we vent to. You know, we've all got to have it. No, 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 you do not, girl team. Mm-mm. Now, cast your cares on the Lord, but because he cares for you. Because venting turns into me talking about somebody and griping about somebody and complaining about somebody, and that turns into gossip, and that turns into a sin. You don't need to vent. You give that to the Lord. And I'm just talking about letting someone into your safe space where you can unlock the prison door of your past. We need someone we can confess to. And someone who's mature enough and will love us enough to help us walk through that. Let me wrap it up with this, number three. Am I helping anybody today? Number three says, find purpose in your pain. Somebody's trying to find their phone, just saying, you want to just check it out. I hear dinging. <laughs> Probably mine, actually, to be real honest. No, I'm just kidding. 
Find purpose in your pain. That's what Paul is reminding us. Remember that part where he says, you've been called? That keeps reappearing in the New Testament. You've been called, you've been called, you've been called. Not, not, not to pastors, not to youth pastors, not to missionaries, not to kids pastors, not to people that work for the church or blah, blah, blah. No, we all have a purpose and a calling. You've been created with a calling and a purpose and a destiny in mind. Let me show it to you. Ephesians chapter 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. Regardless of what your mama told you, regardless of what your daddy used to get drunk and say about you, you are not a mistake. God created you for a purpose, a calling, and a destiny. Regardless of what you've been through, you are still God's masterpiece, your mistakes and all. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. I'm so grateful that the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. So we can do the good thing he planned for us long ago. That long ago doesn't mean if you're old, you know, well, when I was 20. No, 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 no. That long ago means before you were ever born. Probably means before the foundation of the earth, before God said, let there be light. God knew you were going to be born. He knew you were going to be a hot mess. And he still had a purpose for you in your life. God created you with a purpose. And that pain, that past that you're straining to forget and you're trying to move on, God can use that. Let me show that to you. Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know. We don't think. We don't hope. Don't have to wonder. We no, we don't have to doubt. We know that all things, including the mistakes, including the pain, including the abuse, including the dark things of my past that if people knew about me, all things work together for good for those that love God. It starts there. God, I love you enough and I trust you enough Open up my heart and my life and my pain. But God, I love you enough to, to give it to you. I don't want to, but I give it to you. And if you want to use this to help the church, if you want to use this to help someone who's struggling, if you want to use this to help someone who's growing, God, it's tender. I'd rather keep it quiet and keep it hidden, keep it protected. But for those that love God, and Lord, I believe I'm called according to your purpose you created for me long ago. Here it is. God, even my mistakes, I, I trust that you're going to use this for my good and for your Glory, something very therapeutic happens. When that opportunity comes along and the pain you went through can now help somebody else. I'm, I'm just telling you, it doesn't take away the pain. doesn't minimize the pain. It's still very real. It still stings. But I, I don't even know how to, I don't know how to say it. Like soften the blows, not right. It's almost like it coats that dark place in our heart. It coats that pain that we've been through 
And it somewhat gives you a sense of comfort that the tears I've cried weren't wasted. The regret of my life is not all in vain. The hard things I've been through now can serve a purpose. And what kind of miracle work in God can take the mistakes and take the mess of my life, the regrets of my story, and then use them for my good and His glory? My friends, that is a miracle work in God. Amen? Brothers and sisters, I do not Consider myself to have taken hold. I am not perfect. I still struggle, still trying to get past some things in my past. Oh, please, 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 please don't, don't hear me saying I've arrived. But the one thing I do is I forget. I forget what's behind and I strain, I work towards what's ahead. I work towards what God has next for me. I don't quit. I don't give up. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, little old messy me, little old me that's got all kinds of mistakes. God still called me, yes, heavenward in Jesus Christ. Amen. I press on towards the prize that God has called me to the purpose that he has given and placed on my life. And your healing, getting past your past, hitting this benchmark, it starts today. Stop adding to the pain. Start making God choices. Stop going down that path of, of doing those things that are unhealthy in your life. And the people around you are kind of going, yeah, if we could stop that behavior, we might, you know. And so today, as for me and my house, as for me today, I'm going to stop adding to the pain by start making God choices. I'm going to get the right relationships in my life. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to open that up. I don't want to open it up, but it's, it's going to be a confidant that I trust. God, I'm, and I'm going to say it out of my mouth so the enemy can't hold me bondage to it. Anymore. Most likely, right now, you know who that person is. Maybe you don't. Got a better time than 21 days of prayer and fasting. God, I need this right relationship in my life. Help me to stop running. I'm going to stop expecting people to be perfect. God, would you reveal to me that person that you have to intersect my journey? to help me walk out my healing. And let God use your pain. Let God use your pain for his purpose. I promise you, I promise you, it helps in the healing process. I don't know where you are today. I know over 30 years ago, just a, just a wee lad. But I had some stuff in my past I could not get past. And some of I told you about today, you'd leave and probably never come back. I can't believe a pastor. And I believe that today, whatever's in your past, whatever's in your life, whatever choice you made, decision, whatever that thing that ever happened to you, and it, it's still holding you in prison. I believe today God wants to begin to heal you.
I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's a couple of things I want to invite you to do. First, hit the subscribe button. That way, you won't miss a single episode. Secondly, if this message has impacted you and you would like to help us reach others, visit our website at hillspring.tv and hit the Give Now button so that we can take this message around the globe. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.